0: Hello, and welcome to Sonoran Desert Institute School of Firearms Technologies official podcast, The Gun Rack. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Gun Rack Sonoran Desert Institute School of Firearms Technologies official podcast. I'm Josiah Upper. Folks call me Joey. And with me today, we have one.
1: Drew Poplin, how's it going, everyone?
0: That was almost smooth. We are getting better and better with each passing week. Um, how are you doing, Drew? I'm doing all right. I
1: can't complain. I'm excited for St. Patrick's Day coming up. i uh, going to get myself a Shamrock Shake. They have those back.
0: Oh, I hope they do. Although, I mean, for one thing, I've stopped eating fast food for a month because I'm trying to not be large. But for another thing... I'm not sure what's in those. Do you have any idea? I don't even know what they're supposed to be flavored like.
1: Well, Joey, if I can shoot straight with you. Please do. just a second. I've I've never actually had a Shamrock Shake.
0: What? So was this, this the year 2022, the year you were going to realize your dream of purchasing and consuming a Shamrock Shake?
1: 2022 was the year I resolved myself to finally get on board. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's, uh, I'm a bit
0: nervous. I'm not going to lie. It's okay. Maybe jog a little bit to start just to be safe.
1: Yeah. I think I can do that. I probably will since it's McDonald's. Yeah.
0: Uh, I would like to share on a completely not firearm related subject, this story from the Fox news channel, which totally seems like an entity that should be reporting on Shamrock shakes. It's definitely that high profile. Some quick facts about the Shamrock Shake. More than 60 million have been sold as of the 2016 article. So I would assume there have been quite a few more sold since then. One fan in the streets of New York reported to Fox News that it's like little green uh, leprechauns are crawling down my throat with some grounded up four leaf clovers. Another person said, I taste some nutmeg and maybe a little grenadine, which, no.
1: (laughs) I'm starting to think 2022 is not going to be my year to try the Shamrock Shake. I don't want little leprechaun in climbing down my throat.
0: Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here is the real flavor of Shamrock Shake. This is a direct quote from foxnews.com. In the beginning, individual McDonald's franchisee determined if the shake was green mint flavored or green vanilla flavored, says Billington, who I assume is someone they referenced earlier in this story. That's right. It wasn't always minty. Back to Fox News. By 1980, however, McDonald's corporate decided that the shake should be mint flavored and the tradition stuck. Today, the Shamrock Shake has four main ingredients. One, Vanilla soft serve ice cream McDonald uses in all of its shakes. Shamrock shake syrup, which contains dyes and artificial flavoring. I'm sure that comes as a surprise to all of us. Whipped cream and a maraschino cherry. May be delicious, but it probably shouldn't be consumed every day. A medium is 660 calendars, which is actually more than a Big Mac. Um, so, <laughs> shockingly enough, the shamrock shake Involves taking some vanilla ice cream and putting some green stuff in it. Um, <laughs> I I I don't know what to say. I'm floored, but I'm glad we did this deep dive into the anatomy of a shamrock shake. Slow news day, huh? It, yeah, slow news day. Perhaps, although we have something very exciting and pretty new coming down the pipeline. So, uh, just to put a button on this, if you with all that information you just received are you still prepared to go the way of the shamrock shake?
1: Joey, I'm a 28-year-old man. If I don't do it now, I don't think I ever will. I'm a firm believer you're never too old to push yourself and to learn more and to broaden your horizons, so
0: yes. Boldly venturing into the realm of new colored McDonald's shakes. Folks, you hear it here first, reports on articles from six years ago. Nowhere else, remember that at the gun. Right <laughs> today, we are going to be getting into something really interesting. I think some of the reception to this particular topic, uh, is is uh, it's actually very, it's almost as interesting as the topic itself. Today, we're going to be talking about 30 super carry, which is something that we referenced in, I believe, the top. 16 firearms of SHOT Show 2022, and that is, of course, in our opinion, not SDI's opinion. The 30 Super Carry was something that kind of leapt off the page as something we should investigate further, so we're going to. We're going to be looking into the 30 Super Carry today, but before we do that, we are going to get Drew on the trivia question and answer because... Drew Poplin is on the clues. Drew's clues. We need to get some sort of sound effect later where there's just some whimsical thing in the background. So, Drew, what was the answer from last week?
1: All right. So the answer from last week was the Mauser-Gewehr 98 this week on Drew's clues. Are you ready? Yes. Clue number one. Contains vanilla ice. I'm sorry. No, sorry. No, wrong list. Um, clue one. This is a seven <laughs> shot revolver. <laughs> um, this is a seven shot revolver. Clue number two. Production began in Belgium. However, Russia purchased the manufacturing rights in 1898.
0: I noticed hmm. you very studiously avoided naming the city in Belgium because it looked difficult to pronounce.
1: Yeah, well, I may be dumb, but I ain't no fool. <laughs> and clue number three, this fired a 7.62 by 38 millimeter R
0: cartridge. Yep. And for those of you who are buffs, I'll give you this one additional hint um, of uh, military surplus firearms. If you have not gotten it already, think about what place of origin tends to produce things that end with R when you're talking about the cartridge and uh, you'll be headed in the right direction. Not a firearm I would, I think, ever want to purchase, by the way. I think, I don't know. I feel like it's a little hot. Uh, The cartridge is a little hot for my tastes, but maybe I'm just reading the the dimensions wrong. We'll see. We will see. But now we're going to get into the main topic, which is 30 Super Carry, as we mentioned before. So... Let's get right into it. So what's 30 Super Carry? 30 Super Carry was created by Federal. And the idea and their slogan for this guy is more changes everything. So what does that mean? Is there more penetration? Is there more expansion? Is there more FPS? We're going to look into that. We're going to try to figure out what this cartridge does. You probably got from the name, but I'll just say it out loud. The 30 Super Carry is a handgun cartridge, right? This is intended for carry. This is not intended for, this isn't a rifle cartridge. This isn't really a range day, although I'm sure you could take it to the range and be fine. It's not really intended just for plinking. Um, so the play with this cartridge is that it is, a lot of people are comparing it to the intermediary between the 9 millimeter Luger and the 380 ACP. And we're going to look into that a little bit more, uh, but let's go into more of the raw stats about this guy. So the 30 Super Carry, which is pretty much brand new, is a dedicated round specifically for, I would say probably mostly for concealed carry, but also probably for just general defensive carry that its main point is to provide increased magazine capacity while not sacrificing anything in terms of stopping power. Of course, they tried to push the envelope in pretty much all of the directions that they could in terms of expansion, feet per second. I mean, we'll go into more of them. But this cartridge is not exactly a thirty caliber. The cartridge is uh, loaded with a 0.312 inch projectile. This is according to American Rifleman, which of course makes it smaller in diameter than the popular 19 millimeter Luger and the 380 ACP. Because it's smaller, the capacity, uh, the magazine capacity is going to be better. And this is straight for American Rifleman, but because of its reduced size, Uh, Double stack pistol magazines built to accommodate nine millimeter Luger cartridges can carry two more rounds of 30 super carry in the same space, which gives handgunners more rounds without needing more space. Single stack magazines gain an extra round over nine millimeter Luger. Now, of course, I would imagine that that depends on how large a magazine we're talking about. I would think once you get to a certain size that that gets... Uh, even better. But despite it being smaller, it does still have some reasonably good power in it. It's got a hundred grain projectile and the muzzle velocity is 1,250 feet per second, which according to American Rifleman produces 347 foot pounds of energy at the muzzle, which is frankly a heck of a lot more than the 380 ACP HST load by Federal, which is a 99 grain Projectile, <clears throat> which apparently produces 223 foot pounds at the muzzle. So the 30 super carries 347 foot pounds of energy. According to American Rifleman, the uh, 124 9 millimeter Luger HST load produces 364 foot pounds of energy, according to Federal mm-hmm. Premium. So uh, it's actually very close to the 9 millimeter. But we're going to take a look at some of the other specifications of this guy. We're going to talk about why it might be better than some cartridges and uh, maybe worse than others. And then we're going to talk about the marketing campaign around this guy and why that has raised an issue for some people. So this is going to come right off of federal premium. We're going to look at their intro and then the penetration and expansion uh, under what Mm -hmm. they call heavy clothing and then energy and velocity. Uh, But they say the power of more, more power, no trade-offs. The 0.312 inch diameter projectile used in 30 super carry allows more magazine capacity than 9mm Luger, yet delivers equal muzzle energy and performance. The dimensions allow chambering and handguns which reduce grip circumference and smaller overall size for easier concealment. Penetration in the expansion in heavy clothing. The 380 Auto HST 99 grain, it's 9.95 inches of penetration with 0.588 inches of expansion. The 9mm Luger HST 124 grain, 14.5 inches of penetration with 0.571 inches of expansion. The 30 Super Carry HST, 100 grain, uh, 15.5 inches of penetration, 0.530 inches of expansion. So it does penetrate deeper, uh, but not, I mean, marginally deeper, right? And the expansion is significantly less than either the 380 or 9mm largely because the round is so much smaller in diameter Mm -hmm. energy and velocity the 380 auto hst excuse me 99 grain 223 foot pounds 1030 feet per second we referenced some of that a little earlier uh nine millimeter luger hst 124 grain 364 foot pounds 1150 feet per second 30 Super Carry HST 100 grain, 347 foot-pounds, 1,250 feet per second. So a little bit faster and a little less foot-pounds power. Again, this is going to be a capacity play. Another thing that Federal Premium says is the 30 Super Carry slim down dimensions result in a simple physical truth. A magazine the size of your standard 9mm Luger pistols will carry additional rounds. Two more in initially available handgun models. You get the proven power of a nine millimeter Luger with the added capacity that can make all the difference in a real world self-defense scenario. In theory, that's great. Uh, Capacity is one of the main things that you're looking for either in a full size or duty or concealed carry firearm. However, there are some things that are notable about this firearm or, uh, excuse me about this firearm cartridge. For one thing, uh, the first two guns available or three guns available in 30 super carry chambering include the night, Hawk custom nighthawk custom president and GRP and the Smith and Wesson MNP 30 shield plus and mp 30 shield EZ. So actually there's four of them. Um, hmm. They expect more manufacturers to join in, essentially, uh, according to American Rifleman, in the coming years. And of course, they're creating reloading dies and cleaning kits. Currently, compatible holster fits are from Uncle Mike's and Blackhawk. And that's according to American Rifleman, which is, as some of you know, not the most inspiring holster companies in the world. The diversity of choice is pretty poor. And Uncle Mike's is known for being very affordable, but their quality is not always necessarily the best. And of course, that's in my opinion, not SDIs. So that's a quick overview snapshot of the 30 Super Carry. I want to get into price too, because I know that's going to matter to you guys. And this is just directly from American Rifleman at launch a number of defensive loads and practice loads are available in 30 super carry, and all the rounds are expected to be priced similarly to comparable uh, comparable defensive and practice offerings for 3080 ACP defensive loads are the 100 grain federal premium hst 115 grain spear gold dot and 100 grain remington htp 20 round cartons of these offerings will retail for $36.99, $35.99, and $26.99, respectively. Practice loads are 100 grain Federal American Eagle, 115 grain CCI Blazer Brass, and 110 grain Remington UMC. 50 round cartons of these rounds will retail for $31.99, $30.99, and $31.99, respectively. So... Here's the deal with with this cartridge. And one more thing to point out, which is kind of going to reinforce what I just got in here, and this is from American Rifleman as well. The new round, according to them, is said to create a perceived recoil similar to an equivalent weight 9mm Luger load and muzzle flash similar to a 9mm Luger. Okay, so... There, there's a couple of questions I have with this cartridge and none of them make this cartridge wrong. The only real beef I have is with federal premiums advertising team. So here's the question that we have to answer with this. Does the world really need an intermediate cartridge between the 380 ACP and the nine millimeter Luger? I would argue probably not. I don't think that that need is out there and exists. If you're trying to create this thing into a 380 ACP killer, like it's going to take its place in the totem of firearms. That's almost an argument that you can make, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's not, this is not a nine millimeter killer. It just is not. So the question is, if you don't plan on unseating the 380, which none of the stuff I have read says that that is their kind of explicit goal. Then what's, what is the purpose of this particular round? I don't think there's a huge market segment for it. And frankly, I think they're going to have a very hard time selling this uh, ammunition, but we will see. That's part one. Part two, and this is another question is how pressing currently is the need for higher capacity. Capacity is a good thing. There's no question about that. But with the continual evolution of firearms, particularly in the compact and subcompact market, are we at a place where we have to radically change what we're doing? Like fundamentally as uh, defensive or concealed carriers or duty carriers, that we need to change our entire weapon systems to accommodate a new cartridge. I would say no, <laughs> like not, not at all. The amazing thing right now with where farms are going is that we're getting increased capacity with smaller spaces. Not everyone loves the Sig P365, but holy smokes is that thing tiny and can hold a lot of uh, rounds. Capacity is excellent, especially if you feel like adding uh, kind of an extender to it. So even other firearms don't really have this issue. So the Glock 19, which has been around a long time, right? Uh, we have differences from different generations, but the main body of the Glock is, is very similar to its inception. That holds 15 plus one rounds, okay? 15 plus one is excellent capacity. There's no issue with that at all. Most 9 millimeter 1911s, and God forbid, me for mentioning a 9mm 1911, some of them can carry even double digit cartridges. So kind of the rule back when I wrote for some concealed carry centric publications and entities, which is what I did before I came here, the rule of thumb I always followed was you need to have the ability to bring double digit cartridges into the game. If you are carrying double-digit cartridges, you're certainly in better shape than, than if you didn't. You want to make sure that you have at least that much capacity. Getting that much capacity is not hard. There are Buku options where you can do that without having to change the cartridges that you've been shooting for forever. Even more important than that, I think, is the expansion on this particular uh, firearm. When you give up diameter, you give up expansion. Someday that may change, but it's not happening today. 0.530 inches of expansion is so much less than 0.571 mm-hmm. or 0.588 from 380 auto. I just do not see any reason to give up a couple of rounds of... Or to not give up a couple of rounds of capacity to maintain capability in terms of hollow point expansion. And the same applies to velocity. 1250 FPS and 1150 FPS, I don't think is significantly different to warrant a change. So the main play, aside from an inch of penetration, which is very similar, is going to be in capacity. And I don't think that's sufficient to revolutionize the market it might be significant enough to if you're new to the world of shooting you want to get something for concealed carry you're looking for something with capacity that could be an in right that could play but for someone to change the cartridge they've been shooting uh and kind of been using as their main thing for decades i just don't see them making that monumental of a change for so little improvement yeah
1: i think that's an excellent point if you're thinking about this in terms of concealed carry, and you know, you're just sort of talking about like this philosophy almost of like the continual expanding of the capacity that some of these concealed carry firearms can have. I feel like 20 years from now, we're going to have a 50 round magazine for your concealed carry.
0: So pretend for a second that diameter of cartridge is no object. The Celtic PMR 30 which is not necessarily mm-hmm. a firearm I would recommend for concealed carry. Holds 30 rounds currently. So the ability to expand what you're carrying, it's going to continue for a long time until we hit something that is uh, exactly right. And I think the only real answer to that question is going to be how to figure out how to expand a cartridge radically from a small diameter. So small diameter mm-hmm. equals higher capacity. That's kind of a, kind of a gimme, but the more a cartridge expands, the easier it is to maintain a kind of a, basically it allows it to be a better hollow point, uh, without getting into mm-hmm. the nitty gritty of that. Cause that's not really what SDI does, but unless you, uh, expand the way hollow points expand, you kind of revolutionize that, which it does not seem like they did. Yet maybe that'll change. I just don't know how that how that will play. So yeah,
1: yeah, this might be something where you want to wait like for like the second or third gen.
0: And it may be that we don't get one. That may be that they think this is absolutely perfect as it is. It's also an interesting note from gun University. This cartridge is too small for pistol competitions, uh like USPSA and IDPA, which I didn't notice which does make sense, but here's the deal. Here's some basic things about it. The more options, frequently good, but Gun University raises a very good point. They want to talk about the marketing of 30 Super Carry. And uh, one thing I want you guys to know as listeners, having worked in marketing with Sonora Desert Institute for almost four years now, the number one thing as an accredited school you do not ever, ever do, and as an honest business, really, as almost any honest business um, that you ever, ever do is make an absolutist claim, right? I like to call it only Smith, only Smiths, only Sith deal in absolutes, which is ironically an absolute. But the point being, you cannot say, like... I cannot, as a member of SDI, say, hey, this X thing about SDI is the absolute best thing in the world, because I would have to literally go and prove that in every single way, right? If you make an absolute claim or a, um, what are they called? When something is the best superlative claim, you have to have empirical data that that is correct. And not only is it correct. But it's going to remain correct for as long as that thing exists, which means you have to be researching the given topic constantly. If you make something about the claim of, uh, make a claim on the past, say something, this is the best thing ever created to date. You have to know every single, literal, single thing that has ever been created to date. And as a responsible business person, you can say, we believe X is the best thing on the market. That's why we have it there. Um, schools do not really have that, uh, luxury because we are accredited. We want to make sure that we're doing right by all of our students and prospective students and graduates and yada, yada, yada. Um, so this is kind of a big tenet of marketing, right? You want to be marketing the truth and you want to be at, you can't say, I think that's true and publish it. You have to be sure that it's true and federal premium failed to do that. And, uh, Again, that's a me opinion thing, but I feel personally very strongly about this. The 30 Super Carry marketing campaign, and I'm grateful to Gun University for pointing this out. So, Jason Vanderbank uh, Brink, president of Federal Ammunition, said in the product launch video, We think it's very appropriate to launch the biggest product Federal has ever launched in its 100 year anniversary. Which is something that you could theoretically say, because you're talking about yourself, but it's still a very big claim. The second one, frankly, I think is completely unacceptable. On their Facebook page, Federal calls the 30 Super Carry the most revolutionary advancement in self-defense history. That is a direct quote. I find that to be completely unacceptable. And Federal Premium is a good company that makes quality things which is why this is more disappointing because frankly, I expect better from a company um, that has done things uh, so well in the past. Their nine millimeter cartridges are awesome. I'm sure lots of the gun tubers that you watch, uh, should you watch them make use of federal and there's nothing wrong with that, but they did not claim as gun university points out. That this is the most revolutionary advancement in concealed carry history, which I would also disagree with, or that Mm. it's even the biggest, most revolutionary advancement in the firearm industry or the ammunition history, but literally in all of self-defense history. I'm trying not to say that's insane, but it's very hard to say that that's not insane. So, like, we're ignoring... Uh, the, the mini a ball we're ignoring the concept of rocks, uh, knives, uh, <laughs> moving past the bronze age, the development of firearms, the development of hollow points, uh, the development even of, of more basic stuff, like the, the kind of stack and a half magazine that P6365 did. And again, no, not everyone loves P365, but the capacity play is, is awesome there. There were, I mean, shoot, we're talking about self-defense history. What about chain mail? What, what about plate mail? What about the concept of a helmet? Like, there are so many thi- What about fire? Like, literal <laughs> fire. Um, the, When you are marketing. And I know some of you that have graduated from SDI, a lot of you that have graduated from SDI, have come out to be leaders in the business that you work at or even own your own business. Do not, I beg you, make a claim as easily disproven as this one. Um, It's just, I'm sorry, it's just not acceptable. It's not an acceptable marketing practice. And federal as a powerful member of the ammunition industry should know and do better.
1: Well, I think that there is one thing that can't be disputed though to federal's credit. It is without a doubt, the most important announcement in federal 30 super carry cartridge history.
0: Now that uh, you could probably defend that. I'm still not going to claim it. (laughs) because I am full of fear. Um, But that is certainly a claim you could make uh, or try to make or try to back up thus far in their history. But they also even did a video by Federal Ammo with um, Jim Gilliland. I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly. Introducing the cartridge, which is probably even a bigger announcement. There's just no winning. Um, No hope. A lot of their, the other thing Gun University notes, and I think this is smaller, but I don't love it, is in the video with Jim Gill- Gilliland. I am hoping I pronounced that correctly. The Federal talks about comparing this round to 45 AZP uh, to show the capacity difference in the recoil difference. This is clearly, I mean, Federal itself compares it to the 9mm and the 380 Auto. So, what are they doing comparing it to the 45acp it's not even in that world i can have a little more patience for that because 45 is a round that is on the market and this is a capacity play and that's going to look that's going to make it look in the best light which is a lot of what marketing is right but the the most revolutionary advancement in self defense history is simply it just isn't acceptable uh, it just isn't defensible I think
1: there is certainly an irony to saying something so completely indefensible about what's supposed to be the biggest advancement in self
0: defense. Yeah, it is. I ironic. Yes. So yeah, that's kind of an overview of the 30 super carry. Sorry. That's kind of a wet blanket. Again, I have, massive respect for federal premium ammunition. Um, I think they're a good company and they make good stuff. Again, that's uh, just me, but I think this cartridge is going to have an uphill battle into real relevance. And I think they're going to have to work on costs too, because if the cost remains at 380 and then they're trying to make comparisons to 9 millimeter, people just buy 9 millimeter because it's almost always cheaper. Mm-hmm. If they're trying to set it up as a 380 killer, they might have a shot because a lot of this other stuff is just darn cool. But again, you're going to have to talk people out of the cartridges they already know and love. On top of that, uh, you have the whole marketing campaign, which just does not work. So that's it for the 30 Super Carry for now. Now for something a little more lighthearted. It's time for tales. (laughs) Tales from... The Range with Drew. What are we talking about today?
1: All right. So once again, it's from Sigtalk. And this is another story from our guy, Mo Rivera, which I believe it's a reference to Mariano Rivera, the pitcher for the Yankees. Oh,
0: I didn't even know that.
1: Look at you. Knowing stuff. I know a thing or two about a thing or two. So, this one is a lot shorter than last week's, uh, so this shouldn't take too long, but to quote Mo Rivera, a funny story from cleaning was the first time I disassembled in 1911. I must have been yawning or something when I rotated the barrel bushing because the recoil spring plunger shot into my open mouth and I almost <laughs> swallowed it. Got up, jumped around gagging and tough, forced it out of my throat smooth operator out right there
0: that's the worst nightmare
1: <laughs> do you have waking nightmares of that happening with your 1911
0: i think i would have to be more responsible about how often i disassemble my 1911 for for me to really be worried about it not that i don't clean it but i feel like mm-hmm. the amount of times it would take for me to get that danger to be realized uh you have to play kind of the law of averages in terms of uh, mm. disaster. So I think I would have to do it more, but who knows? Maybe it will happen.
1: Uh, all it takes is one bad day, Joey.
0: All it takes one. is one bad day. <laughs> yeah. But it is an amazing story. For now, folks, uh, I think we're going to leave it at that. That is the gun wreck. But stay tuned next week because we have something super exciting coming up. For those mm-hmm. of you who do not know, and I hope that you all do, because it's my favorite holiday that people don't freak out about. It's Medal of Honor Day coming up next week, and we are so, so, so excited to share some stories from Medal of Honor Day. SDI loves its veterans, as you guys know. SDI loves history, as you guys know. And uh, it is our hope that we can share some really cool stories. And we have some really cool stories on the dock uh docket thanks to uh drew poplin's research brain and we're going to share those medal of honor stories with you guys and we're so excited to be doing it we're so excited to have the chance to celebrate some heroes with you guys so stay tuned next week we're going to be talking about medal of honor recipients for now stay safe out there we'll see you at the range get yourself a shamrock shake get yourself a shamrock shake do it Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school located at 1555 West University Drive in Tempe, Arizona. Accredited by the DEAC. For more information, please call 800-336-8939 or visit sbi.edu.